0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At the Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level you can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets register for free at home workshops. The home Depot, how doers get more done. This is Joe Satriani. I'm talking with Jay Scott on the hook. Locks. So head down.
1: Welcome back. It's Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. Check out my friends like Ron and Carmen Apice and Vinny Apice on the Hanging and Banging, Decibel Geek, Mac on the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast, my friends Tom and Zeus on the number one rated KISS podcast in the Galactic Empire. That is Shout Out Loudcast. Martin Popoff, The Rock Historian, and Mistress Carrie out in Boston. Check all those out on Pantheon. Follow Pantheon wherever you do your social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Pantheon Pods, as well as PantheonPodcast.com. Follow The Hook Rocks wherever you do podcasts. We're on every platform. Don't forget to set your app to automatic download so you get the latest and greatest episodes of what we're doing here, as well as don't forget to write us a review and tell us what we're doing and how we're doing and what you enjoy. Uh, We always appreciate the feedback. We've had some great episodes over the last few months to start the year. We just finished up our quarterly rankings, our top 10, with a lot of contributions from my fellow followers on Twitter. Chris Cordetti always joins me. We run down those. We just started a new quarter here in April, so the new releases are coming out. So enjoy all those and enjoy our discussion. And don't forget some of the new music spotlights we've done over the past month, like with the Mysterines, Fortune Child, Kurt Dimer, the band Sixth Sense, as well as Bastet, another great band from the UK. And don't forget to check out our interview with Joe Satriani, talking his new album, The Elephants of Mars, as well as working with David Lee Roth and Alex Van Halen, that news hit with Jason Newstead in an interview and Joe's kind of answered, you know, my questions and other questions in other interviews and he talks about that whole project and what that entails. He also talks about Eddie as a guitar player and the one song he dreads playing by Eddie Van Halen and it's not a song that you would think it would be. It's it's de- definitely interesting and it's not the reason probably you think it would be. It's it's completely surprised me with with his insight on why it's a difficult song to play. So check out the Joe Satriani interview, as well as the Gilmore from Triumph interview that we did that just got picked up by Blabbermouth. So we made some news there. And it was just announced today, with the day that we're recording this, that the long-awaited Triumph documentary, Rock and Roll Machine, will be released globally on May 13th. So check that out. I know they'll be doing a Q&A, streaming Q&A prior to that. I think you can get your questions in, too, as well. But Triumph, kind of the forgotten band of the 80s, a band that was very big, at least the early to mid part of the 80s. A lot of people forget that they were on the Us Festival. that had bands like Van Halen, Scorpions, and Ozzy, and Judas Priest, and Motley Crue, and Quiet Riot, I think that's all the ones that were on there, but they were the band, they were they were like th- like the third headliner before Scorpions and Van Halen, but they had some really big albums, really big band, another three-piece from Canada, and uh, a band that if you have forgotten about them, go back and revisit their catalog, some great albums like Never Surrender, Just a Game, uh, gosh, what was the one with Spellbound? I can't remember the name of it. Um, Darn it. Well, it's got Spellbun on it. It was a fan. Oh, Thunder 7. That was the name of it. So check that out as well. Speaking of Canada, we're going north of the border on this episode. It's been a while since this gentleman has been on the podcast. Always enjoy when he's on because we really get in some great discussions like the legacy of Def Leppard. We talked about the, the reasons why 80s clam rock. Went down in flames, so to speak, and why that happened. Um, But I'd like to welcome in my friend from Canada, Mr. Chris Preston from My Rock and Roll Heaven.
2: What's up, man? How are you? Hey, Jay. Oh, man, it is good to be back. It's uh, it's been a minute, hasn't it? It's been a minute.
1: (laughs) Yes, it has. Yes, it has. It's been a crazy last few months with COVID. I know I had it at the end of the year. I know it went through my family. It's just been You know, a whirlwind here, but it looks like things are getting back to somewhat normalcy. I know there's some things happening with a new variant that are causing cases to rise, and we're monitoring that. I don't think it'll cause a shutdown or mandates to come back. At least I hope they don't. We don't know, but concerts are happening. And I know you're excited about that. You've been itching to go to a live show. We're going to talk about a certain tour,
2: but uh, yeah, how's it feel to get back out and, and go see live shows? You know what? It's, uh, it's been a crazy past few months. Um, I've managed to avoid getting COVID myself, shockingly, which is a stunning I don't know how it's happened because everybody we know has had it. Um, you know, We've been locked down, as I talked to you about in the past, for a really long time. In March, up here uh, in Ontario and Toronto, Pretty much everything is back to normal, even the mask mandates have been dropped. so I went to my first show um I went to a show back in November, Lee Aaron. Uh, I flew out to Winnipeg for that, which was great. But I went to my first show um, where I actually didn't wear a mask in March for the mammoth w v h dirty honey gig that was just killer and I have to tell you, like it has been it's been so good looking forward to getting back to shows and having been to one there was a little bit of trepidation right for that first one we were like what's it going to be like is it going to be different than I remembered um but it was fantastic and I have so many lined up Jay for the next you know six months I've got tickets for just about everything I could get my hands on and it looks like um like you said I don't think we'll see another shutdown, full lockdown, um, going forward. So I'm, I'm hopeful that everything will remain fully open and shows won't get impacted. Number one, because it's one of my favorite things to do. I'm a music lover. I love to go to live concerts, but also, you know, the industry has been so devastated. Um, we've talked about it a lot and you have on your show a ton. Um, you know, live music needs to be happening again for the, yes. for, just yes. for the fact of, you know, there's so many people that rely on this for their livelihood, right? So um, I'm really excited for some of the big tours, which we're going to talk about. And uh, there's a lot to unpack with this one for sure. Um, but it's uh, after two years of you know, pretty negative, dark places a lot of us were in, it's really nice to have a light at the end of the tunnel and have things to look forward to and some positivity, right, with, with getting back to normal and enjoying some live music at some great venues. Music does have the power to heal.
1: And it's always been there for me as a music fan, especially live music. Uh, it's been nice going back to shows. I, I did see that mammoth WVH Dirty Honey show at the House okay. of Blues here in Chicago. It was a fantastic oh. show. Um, it was nice to be amongst people and be at a, at a show that had that much energy. Uh, it was nice to see young people out. And enjoying some rock and roll. And I mentioned that during one of the reviews of the, of the show that I did, that there was this section of the general admission kind of pit area where it was just all teenage kids. That was <laughs> yeah. awesome to see. That was great.
2: Yeah, I'm old now. So I sat up in the balcony for the, for yeah. the show or in an yeah. actual seat. Um, but yeah, the floor, like watching the activity and the energy on the floor, um, you know, Dirty Honey did a fantastic job of they're so good at just that, you know, getting the crowd to this like fever pitch and uh, set it up nicely for mammoth. But it was great to see, like you said, so many younger and, you know, I'm, I hit the magic five Oh last year. So younger now for me is like, <laughs> you know, the, the, the late twenties crowd is, uh, is definitely out there in terms of um, again, I hadn't been to a show in a while. So, I wasn't sure what to expect in terms of the crowd, but there was a good mix of, of, of um, young and old, but definitely that, uh, that pit, like you said, it was filled with the, young, the younger ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's nice to see for the health of rock music. Uh, I'm going to four shows starting next week in the next three weeks. Three are happening next week. Uh, I'm going to see The Warning, which I'm really excited to see.
2: Can't wait for that.
1: Yeah, and then the next night's Buckcherry and Blacktop Mojo. And then it's the Dorothy Joyous Wolf Classless Act show.
2: Very nice. The House
1: of Blues. And then two weeks after that, I'm going to see the Mysterines down in the city. Uh UK band that's touring. One of the few UK bands that have come over the United States. Yeah. I'm really oh, interested man. to see what they're about live. But, yeah, you know, we, we've got the... The big show, as as uh, Ed Sullivan used to say. <laughs> the big, um, big show. The really big show, which a lot of people were really excited to see a couple years ago when this was first announced. Uh, it was right after the momentum from the Motley Crue movie, The Dirt. Yep. And it really rejuvenated them as a band. I think their song... The Dirt was their first top 10 single in 20 years, 25 years, and it really rejuvenated the popularity. I remember, and I've quoted this before uh, on some episodes, a few episodes, that the demographic that would purchase tickets and, and merchandise from Motley Crue prior to that movie was like 35 to 50. And then after that movie, it was 18 to 25 was the majority. So that's a huge turnaround. And I know they had that big press conference where they announced their farewell tour. And, you know, they they were not allowed to do that. But you and I both know we've been around long enough that there's only one tour that makes more money than the farewell tour. And that's the reunion tour. So... And with that movie coming out, you knew it was only a matter of time before they capitalized on that. And let's be honest, they should capitalize on that. Um, Any band that has that much of a resurgence in popularity owes it to those young fans who are now discovering them or becoming interested in them to tour. So I think there is a certain responsibility to do that. They're all for, you know members are still living which is surprising based on <laughs> well, what was shown in the movie <laughs> but with time you know s- scars type the you know the, you kind of show those scars and those wounds and we're seeing a lot of that with motley crew especially with vince neal um, there's been a lot made about his performance his appearance who are we we're in our late 40s and 50s to talk about what someone looks like as they, as they get older. Uh, but the fact remains, it is having an impact on people who yeah. are not as excited, I think, to see this tour. Coincide on the other side of the coin, you've got Def Leppard, who has really played it close to the vest since things got shut down and the original tour was postponed. Then it was postponed last year. They've got new music coming out. They just released their two, two of their first singles, which I like. Uh, yeah. It's not the atypical Def Leppard, but it's good. It's really good. It's catchy. Uh, it's feel good. And that's what Def Leppard is, is all about. That's what they've always been about. So you kind of have two things kind of going on at one time where, yeah, where one band, because of, of one member in particular, is causing people to kind of second guess going to the show. Do I want to go see that? Then you've got another band who was quiet, just kind of minding their own business, and now come out with these two new singles upon the eve of the tour. And they're rocking. They're doing – they're they're awesome. I know Motley Crue has talked about doing material prior to the tour. Haven't seen anything yet. Don't know if that's going to happen. But what are your thoughts on where this tour is at? Because this has been such an anticipated tour for two years.
2: Oh, it's – yeah, It's it's been on my – radar, obviously, since it was announced in December of 2019, right, when they had the big press conference. So I've had tickets since then. (laughs) I've hung on to my tickets. Um, I bought them immediately. So initially, if you recall, when the announcement was made, there were no Canadian dates. Um, This was a US only stadium tour. So I bought tickets to see them in New York, which I still have. I also now have tickets to see them in Toronto. So I'm going twice. So the anticipation level for me has been very high. Um, since the beginning number one because of Def Leppard um, as most of uh, my followers and all of you know they're my kind of favorite band Motley Crue's up there um, and I've been kind of watching everything unfold over the last two years with what's going on with the tour and some of the drama Uh, you know I'm on some forums with fans and reading some comments and like you said there's very two very distinct things going on here, right? You've got the crew who, to your original point about, you know, they signed that cessation of touring on the final tour for 2015. And there was some initial backlash from crew fans about, oh, you know, I thought I paid all this money to do this on the final tour. And now they're coming back and doing this. And they were upset about that. The issues with Vince. So I, I saw the crew twice in the final tour. And, uh, you know, quite a, quite honestly, Vince has never been great live. He's not a great singer. And for me, the Motley Crew live concert experience is not really, I don't really care that much if Vince hits every note. And when I saw them on that final tour twice, he was not great, but it didn't matter because for me, the crew, it's a spectacle. It's all the pyro. It's, it's the songs it's Tommy doing is flying through the air and his drum kit. Um, so all the backlash about Vince has been going on and the pandemic obviously hasn't helped because. You know, it's giving people longer to stew now since they bought tickets and be like, you know, you see the footage of Vince doing these one-off solo shows. And a lot of it's not good, right? Like he's struggling to hit notes, his appearance, he's out of shape, et cetera. So there's a lot of drama and a lot to unpack around the crew with this tour. um, Because I think exactly as you said, there's a certain portion of the public that would have bought tickets to this and now may have soured on it. And that's what I'm seeing. Whereas on the other hand, you've got Def Leppard, who I really have to say, um, you know, obviously I'm a fan, so I'm going to say this, but I just have to say, even as a, you know, I think people would agree with me that you know they're almost at the peak of their game in the sense that they're rejuvenated. Um, you know, Joe had some vocal issues in 2017 ish. Um, he's come back strong from it though and looked after his voice. Um, yes, they tone everything down and he sings at a lower octave, but the overall quality of the Def Leppard live show has reached a point now. I saw them last in 2019 and they blow me away every time I see them because the legacy bands, right? You, you tend to expect over time. Okay. He can't hit those high notes or the quality of the overall performance goes down. But with Def Leppard, it's really really something to watch these guys seemingly get better. And it's like they're feeding off Jay. Um, the last couple of times I've seen them, I've seen them. I've really been excited and really almost surprised to see the variety Similar to what you talked about with the crew with younger kids, the last couple of shows I was at, like, we're talking like 12 year olds to 65 year olds at a Def Leppard show, which is fantastic. Like I was sitting behind a gentleman and his uh, is like maybe 13 or 14 year old daughter who was singing along with her dad, knowing all the words to all the Def Leppard songs. And uh, dad was just beaming after the show. And I talked to him like, oh, my God, my daughter this is amazing. I can go to a Def Leppard show with my daughter. So, and my daughter's begging me to take her to the That's show, awesome. right? So there's a lot going on here with, I think people are really excited about Def Leppard. And the timing of this new album, I don't think, could, like, I think it, it was absolutely perfect. It could have been better, right? Like, I think this album, probably non-COVID, if there was no COVID happening, all of this would have happened a lot sooner, obviously, uh, both the tour and the album. But It's working out beautifully, and I love the way Def Leppard's handling the release of the new material, kind of lining up with the launch of the tour in June. A couple singles come out. They're doing an old-school, like, vinyl, cassette release, all this stuff. So um, there's two distinct kind of camps. There's those really excited people, uh, like me, that are really excited to see the show in general, but Def Leppard especially, and then this wariness about... Oh, is crew going to be okay? Is crew going to be able to perform? Is, you know, Mick is in not great health, but he stands there and plays his guitar, but he's not great. And, you know, is Vince going to blow this for the whole, I know the crew uses some backing tracks, which I'm okay with. I don't mind it, but at least Def Leppard as well has, you know, some really great singers in Phil, Rick Savage, and Viv that can help Joe out. The crew doesn't have that, right? So they use some backing tracks. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm really, I'm excited to see all of the bands. I've seen all of these guys live before, multiple times, um, other than, you know, Classless Act, uh, who's opening on some dates. But I'm really excited to see what they have in store for us. And I'm optimistic that Motley Crue is going to surprise us. And I've seen some recent photos of Vince, and he does look pretty good. Um, but I'm not sure again, you know, what kind of shape his voice is in. I know if he's working with coaches, etc. Is that gonna pan out? So based on the amount of money I've spent, and I know a lot of fans are saying the same thing, is like this is a lot of money for this this show. You know, is Motley Crue gonna be able to pull this off, especially doing 36 dates in what, three months, three and a half months? Yeah.
1: My thoughts on Vince is you're right. He's never been a great frontman right he's been a product of the studio i mean we knew knew that way back in the us festival when he performed and he has a, a personality uh um, he's got a uniqueness to him he's in got his performance to, but it, right? but he's never been known as a great singer no. my question though is based on just the one off performances that we've seen is he going to be able to handle doing multiple shows per week with the longevity, you know, of those shows. I mean, I, I assume they are going to pay a play an hour and a half to two hours. Yep. Um, is he going to be able to do that? He can't walk off the stage during a Motley Crue show. He can do that at a festival in right. Iowa, right? He can do that there, but he can't do that in a stadium, Wrigley Field, wherever they're playing in Toronto or, or, or New York. That's a big question mark for me. You know, he can't just forget the words to, or not sing because he's out of breath. I don't know if this is true, but I seem to remember something about as part of their contract, they needed to be in a certain physical condition. Um, I don't know if that meant, you know, no drugs or alcohol. I know Tommy got sober, got clean. Shortly thereafter, the announcements. Obviously, Nikki has been honest about his battles with addiction over the years. Um, But uh, that's a big question for me: is what does that entail? Is that just with, you know, no drugs, no alcohol on the tour? Is that you got to be certain condition, you know, weight at a certain weight for? Maybe it's maybe it's different for each individual. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing for me. You know, If he's playing Chicago on a Friday, I don't know if he is or not, but let's just say he's playing Chicago on a Friday, and he's done two other shows that week, what kind of performance is he going to be able to do if he's in that shape? Uh, I know touring as you get older is a rough life in terms of your health because you're up late. You know, you're not probably eating the best. Uh, you know, you have different temptations of excess at your fingertips at all times. So it's obvious, you know, Vince hasn't taken care of himself or it very well could be a medical condition. You know, that's one of the things that I don't like to. And I, one thing I, I want to do, and, I, and I'm glad that you're part of this discussion, is I don't want to be one of those social media guys who... You know, calls them some derogatory name or yeah. whatever. I don't. I don't want that to be part of this discussion, and I'm, I'm sure you agree with that,
2: hundred um, percent.
1: Because, listen, like we said, you know, you're 50, I'm 47. Who are we to talk about what you know what someone looks like as the you know the the years have gone by? But I don't know if it's just him eating. And not taking care of himself. I don't, may, is it a liver issue? Is it something else? Is it a health issue? So we have to be careful in how we, you know, talk <laughs> about that. He may have no control over <laughs> um, certain aspects of his health, but you know, we we don't know. We you know, and I don't want to speak about something or just assume something. But like you said, you know, you look at Phil Collin, who's like this. You know, <laughs> yeah. put your shirt on, Phil. <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> It's like he's this, you know, example of what everyone in their 50s and 60s would love to look like, oh, man. you know, in, in terms of his body and everything. He's, he's cut, he's lean, he's got like an eight pack or a six pack. He's, he's definitely got a pack. And, you know, Joe looks in, in, in great shape. I even think Joe's getting better with age, to be honest with you. Uh, you mentioned Mick Mars's health, too, on the other side with Motley Crue. That's been a concern, although I did read where his his issue had stopped. Um, oh, it's not progressing further anymore? Yeah, it's not progressing further That's anymore, good. which is yeah. good. That's good. So I know there's, you know, I, I don't know much about the Def Leppard camp. You obviously know more than than I do because you're more connected with you know, their, their social media and their fan groups, and and you're a big fan yourself, but I know Motley Crue has a lot riding on this in terms of the individual. Mick Mars has his solo album that he wants to release as a, you know, during this tour to kind of get grab that momentum. I know Nikki has his Broadway play or musical that he's putting together. Uh, Tommy always has projects going on Vince is doing, you know, but I know at least two members have a lot riding on, on this tour in terms of their next project and almost like they're using this tour to capture more momentum for those projects. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's what you should do as, as a, as a businessman or what you're doing. But yeah, I don't have the same great taste in my mouth that I did two years ago. Poison uh is one of the openers. Joan Jett is one of the openers. Classus Act, who's on the Dorothy and Joyous Wolf tour that I mentioned at the beginning is is the is the first act on board. And they're with Better Noise Records, which is Alan Kovac's record company, which is the connection to Motley crew. And they're a, a great new band too as well.
2: I think Bob Rock is uh working on them with their new album too, which is another Creeping. I think it's
1: I think it might be done. So that might be yeah, yeah. I supposed think to be it's be out crazy. at some
2: point this year. Yeah, at some point.
1: So as far as Poison and Joan Jett, you know, if if I had my pick, I would love to have seen like a Motley Crue, Def Leppard as the headliner and then see like a Rat who can't get their shit together
2: either. <laughs> well, and there's another if we continue yeah. along the topic of of You know, guys eight, like Stephen Pearcy's another one where there's been discussion about his voice too, right? Like there's a few of these guys. Don Dawkins of the world. John Bon Jovi now has been lumped into this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Rat would have been interesting. Is Who else would you have had on the bill?
1: I would have had Rat, and I would have tried to maybe get Scorpions.
2: Scorpions, I could see. Those guys continue to impress me. Yeah, That would have been a good one. You know what? I like Poison. I think they fit. I've seen them multiple times, and they... They are a fun, fun, fun live band. Whether mm. you like Poison or not, they put on a great show. Bret Michaels has got to be one of the most charismatic, just fun front men out there. Joan Jett, solid. I don't think, you know, I don't think she fits really on this bill. I, almost, I was almost expecting to see like a Tesla, just based on their history with, with Leopard yeah, bumper, and kind yeah. of the other bands. So I would have thought maybe Tesla would have been a good choice instead of Joan Jett. Not that I don't like Joan Jett. I, I think she's great and she's a great performer. But I'm just I'm wondering how many people are going to like not show up for that early part of the show with those early bands. But yeah, it's, it's going to be
1: interesting. I think there's going to be something for everyone. I mean, it's almost like a mini festival that's touring. You got five bands. Um, you, I think the idea there with the promoter is to keep people in the park as long as they can buy more alcohol, buy more merch, all that stuff. Because <laughs> from what I understand, it's it's a big nut for that promoter on each of those dates. I think oh, yeah. between the two of them alone, I think Leopard and Motley Crue are getting $3 million apiece for each I show. So. so you got to cover that. That's why the ticket prices are so high. And then you've got Poison, which I don't know how much they're getting in Joan Jett. Classes act I'm sure they're probably getting a few thousand per show you yeah. know but um but yeah the the longer you keep people in the more beer sales the more merch all that stuff so it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds when people start recording the stuff the performances i hope vince does well i would love for Vince to shut up his doubters and shut up the trolls on social media. He's not going to be perfect. He never was. He's also in his sixties, you know, and I, and I always hesitate to be critical of someone who quote unquote, can't sing anymore because it's, it's tough, man. It's like an athlete knowing when to retire from, from a sport, from a sports team. Absolutely. So but I, I am, you know, if you would have told me two years ago, I'd be more excited about seeing Def Leppard. I would have said, no, I'm more excited to see about the Motley Crew. But I think that's definitely changed in my part. I definitely would rather see Def Leppard because of, in large part, because of what we've seen from Vince.
2: Yes. And I think I think the tide has turned with, there was probably a 50-50 split with people before um, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, who they were really excited about. But I think that's definitely shifted to Def Leppard. Um, it'll be interesting to see because they're doing the co-headline, right? So Leopard one night, crew next night, back to Leopard. So I've already seen the chatter and the fan forums, et cetera, about like, oh, I'm really glad that, you know, Def Leopard's closing the show tonight or vice versa. I'm glad Def Leopard's playing and crew's closing because I'm going to leave, which I'm like, oh, geez. So I like you. I'm hopeful about Vince. I'm almost Vince has been other than, you know, we've seen snippets, like you said, of his one off solo bits um here and there over the past year when the shows open back up and we see him walking off stage in Iowa or whatever but he's been he's been very quiet on I don't know if he was a huge social media guy before but he has a he has Instagram etc and he's been very quiet you see the odd pick, like he posted one last week with his his girlfriend or his wife over Easter but I'm almost wondering if he's how do I say this? If he's, I'm, I'm almost wondering if he's like keeping things on the down low. He's like working out like a, you know, like a beast, and he's getting jacked, and he's gonna hit the out. Rocky
1: Four montage, right, right. He and he's gonna Drago, come out you know? running
2: out for the first. He's gonna be like, ha, you know, screw you guys, look at this, and he's gonna like blow us all away, and he's gonna be hitting like notes like way up here, and he's gonna be running back and forth. So I, I doubt that's the case, but you know, there's that optimism from me that I'm a, I'm a huge Motley Crue fan and yes, I want to see them uh, do well on this tour. And I, the last thing I want to see, especially for, you know, a big show like this, where there's been a lot of money spent, I don't want to see people walking out after bands. Yeah. When, right. Like that's just, I hate that when I, you know, especially when you've got a big lineup like this and I, Haven't been to one of these shows where there's been four or five bands in quite some time, but it's inevitable, right? That you know somebody really wants to see this band, and then the other guys they just leave. And in a stadium, when you've got droves of people, all of a sudden getting up and going, "Oh, cruise on, I'm out." Oh, it's just cringeworthy, right? And I'm really hoping that isn't the case. Um, I love a big stadium show. Um, I've always been, you know, of the mindset that. There's nothing like, it's a partly nostalgia thing for me because I went to a ton of big shows like that back in the late eighties and nineties before, you know, things for my genre of music kind of hit the skids, but the stadium show for me is such a fun experience. You've, where else can you be in a giant building with 40,000 other fans of these bands, the energy if the bands are right and if they're on and you know the crowds into it there's nothing like it like it's just it's it's hard to like picture not having that around anymore so that's why I'm so excited for this tour and hopefully it will kind of rejuvenate maybe down the road a bit more stuff like this happening now there's what probably count on one hand how many bands can sell at a stadium right like the stones i guess maybe you two, and then these guys you know the leopards etc are not quite there but if you get a package together that's big enough you can do a stadium so we're kind of at the end of the era i think with tours like this so i'm really hoping this one does well and the word of mouth is good and the bands they'll perform well because i think it'll really give a shot in the arm to the big show, right? Like to that big spectacle of a rock show, which don't get me wrong. I love small venues and I love going to concerts with a thousand people, but there's that big spectacle of the stadium show that is just at another level for me. And I just, I eat it up. I love every minute of it. So I'm uh, fingers crossed. This all goes well. And uh, this won't be the last we see of it. Now, that being said, you know, Joe has recently, I think it was Joe that has come out and said, you know, the intention is to bring this to Europe in 2023, and then maybe somewhere Asia, et cetera, in 2024, the stadium tour. So I was a bit surprised by that, um, just because I'm not sure of the status of, like, I, I don't think the Motley crew could sell out stadiums in in Europe or in England. Um, but being with Def Leppard on the bill, they certainly, I guess, could. So it's interesting that they're looking at taking this even further um, around the world. So, you know, fingers crossed that this is uh, a great experience for everybody involved and, and the fans, yes, with the high ticket prices, um, it's out of reach for some people, but hopefully, you know, going forward, we'll be able to see more events like this. Cause, uh, I think it's something that we could certainly, you know, use in terms of getting people back out to big shows.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I've heard that too, that they were going to be doing this for the next few years i don't know if it's going to come back to the states but like you said motley Crue. i don't think has ever been big in the uk and europe um but i I do think you know japan obviously i think they're they're quite large there too as well i think a Def leopard too the other question is you know the dirt really kind of exposed the underlying issues with motley crew uh i know a friend who went to the premiere at was it the whiskey i think it was or no it wasn't the whiskey i forget what what theater was at but it was in hollywood and very fragmented you had tommy and Nikki sitting together you had vince on the other side mick sitting by himself they didn't interact with each other um, I those issues I think still are there. There's a lot of deep-rooted issues with that. And I also think that's part of Vince Neal's issues. Are are those issues with the band, are those issues with himself? He's made some bad choices over the years. Um, he's had some tragic things happen to him outside of those choices, and as a result of those choices, and one can say that the reason why he's in the shape that he is is because of, again, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, longstanding issues with depression and sure. how he deals with it. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing. Are they going to be able to maintain their,
2: that this tour before they implode? That's a really good point because, you know, based on the fact that, you know, obviously the driving force is Nikki six, right? Like he's right. the guy, he's the ringleader. He's the the ringmaster. Um, you know, Motley Cruz goes as he sees fit. So, you know, Nikki got the itch quite obviously. Um, and you're right. Like the history with these guys is (laughs) dubious and they're, and splintered. Tommy hated Vince for the longest time. You know, Mick stands off on his own. Like you said, um, these guys in the, during the final tour, I think it was the same thing. Like they traveled in separate buses, right? Like they didn't, whereas you, Contrast with Def, Def Leppard, who still before a show is all in the same dressing room together, for God's sake, like, which is entirely different. So will, yeah, will the day-to-day, you know, rigors of touring life, getting back on the road, they haven't toured together since 2015. And I know things change, but have have those fences been mended? Like like you said, you know, Vince Vince still, I think, probably has some some issues more than some of the other guys with what's happened and with the baggage that he carries emotionally and psychologically. Uh, Is that going to have an impact? Uh, You know, is something going to set them off, but I'm quite confident they're probably all going in separate (laughs) vehicles and buses anyways on this tour as well. And they're going to meet up. And now, you know, Nikki seems to say that they all love each other and that's what he broadcasts out there via his social media. And I know they're entering rehearsals, I think next week, um, Motley Crue is going into rehearsals, which would be really interesting. (laughs) I'd like to be a fly on that wall, you know, and they all get in a room together for the first time in God knows how long. So um, this whole stadium tour really hinges on Motley Crue, right? And their situation. But I have to think that, you know, just knowing how much of a perfectionist and Nikki Sixx and his business acumen and his just the way he is i i couldn't see him risking the motley crew legacy or the motley crew brand or his own personal like he's got so many things going on i would i can't see him risking having a disaster happen on this tour with the crew so i'm really optimistic and i think they're going to pull it off um just for that fact alone like I don't think that this would have happened had Nikki not been confident that they could all get in a room together, number one, that Vince could get in shape and that they could do this on a you know semi-nightly basis for three and a half months.
1: And then you compare it to
2: Def Leppard,
1: who I'm sure there's issues internally with the band. Every band has issues, but they do a great job of keeping it inside the room, right? You don't hear about the issues. You don't hear about the drama between the band members like a lot of other bands like Motley Crue that you hear, uh, like Rat that we had previously mentioned. They are very professional in their approach. They're very professional when they have to do something because they understand, especially in this day and age, that people have a a camera um, with them at all times. People can give an instant reaction anytime at any social media platform you don't want to start trending for the, for the wrong reasons, right? That's always a fear. So when you look at Def Leppard, you know, I mean, they've got everything pretty much locked down, you know, I mean, they're professional. uh, They have a certain way about them. Like I said, it seems like they've gotten better with age. Uh, It seems like they're, they're kind of like a well run machine. And I think you could say the same about Motley Crue at this point with the movie and and with everything that's happening but it's like if if one thread is taking taken out the whole thing collapses where i think def leppard you know can can withstand a lot more than a motley crew can you know that's and going back to what i said originally i hope vince is in better shape i really do not just for himself for fans too, as well. And for the band, the big question mark is how is he going to be at the end of this, sh- at the end of this tour? Cause this is, this is more than any of them have done since the farewell tour. Right. Yeah, I mean, years. Vince has toured, but Vince kind of does those weekend shows where he flies in, does a weekend show then flies out. He's never been on the road for a long extended period of time. I don't think Nikki's done any touring at all. Since the the end of the road tour. Not even with six. Not the the end of the road tour. What was it called? The um, The final tour. The final tour. Um, Tommy does his stuff, but Tommy, none of them have really done done this, you know? So, you know, like there's game shape for a sports team, you know, I think Def Leppard's in game shape. I don't know if Motley Crue is.
2: Yeah. And the other thing that throws a wrinkle into this, that with Vince is, and I, I'm, I think they're still happening. He's got solo festival gigs sprinkled in amongst them, that. which, that, so that's because I saw one come across a feed of mine where he was playing in July somewhere at like the state fair of whatever state with his solo band. And I was like, okay, Nikki's got to be shutting that down or I, I don't know. Something's got to be, something's got to give with that because the next night you're scheduled to be, at City Field in New York City to perform in front of 50,000 people, how are you even going to pull that off right now? So if that's still the case, that adds another whole kind of extra layer of, wow, is this really going to happen? And is he really going to be able to stand up some nights to actually stand out there for two hours? And, you know, all of these bands still, to a certain degree, have a certain amount of physicality to their shows, not what they used to, like, they're not all... Mm -hmm this isn't 1992 where Def Leppard's in the round and they're running around all over the place. Right. And this is not, you know, they're not jumping up on risers and doing, you know, high leg kicks off the the drum riser, but there's physicality. Like, you know, the, the Motley Crue show that I saw the last one in 2015, like there's a lot going on on the stage. And that was part of the issue with Vince back then. And I can't, I'm hoping that it's better is that like through songs he's gassed, Right. So there are parts of songs and that's what you see on these YouTube videos of people like, and he's only singing every like second line because he's out of breath. So, you know, throw your solo shows that you're doing as one-offs in the mix in there. And, uh, you know, I don't know if a man half his age could handle doing that. Um, you know, let alone where he's at. Is Are they, you think they're going to do the Paul Stanley
1: route and Vince is going to lip sync. (sighs)
2: You know, what? I see all those videos of, and there was one guy who did a complete breakdown of Paul Stanley on the, on the end of the road tour with kiss. And he had like frame by frame and then matching it up with the, I was like, really? Like, come on. I get, I, I, again, I've said, I don't mind some backing tracks. Lip syncing is another story entirely. You know, if that's happening, you know, I'd be upfront about it at least. Right. Like say, look, don't try and then hide it afterwards and like with the Santa Cruz guys <laughs> that we just saw. But. Those guys just completely turn it <laughs> back to the audience and
1: like the track is still going. It's like, what? Like no effort. Like the arrogance of that band. Yeah. They just, oh God. That's and then they're all blaming everybody but himself for putting that train wreck together.
2: Oh, and and supposedly they've been booked back again at the whiskey for another round in the summer. But anyways. So lip syncing, I don't think we'll see that happen. Um, you know, again, I don't mind bands using backing tracks to help out because a lot of this stuff, you know, and I have a big problem with, we've talked about a bit already, the social media guys who instantly jump on, you know, these guys for, oh, they sound terrible. You know, he can't sing anymore. Well, you know, they're not 25 anymore. We shouldn't hold our our heroes to a standard that they can't possibly uphold and there are going to be times when they're not going to be able to hit those notes and i'm okay with that and i'm okay with some backing tracks being thrown in there to help out on backing vocals no problem and if you're going to be upfront about it great that's even better but don't lie about it after the fact um so you know god forbid we (laughs) we don't see any packing or lip syncing but you know, I think Nikki has been up front about saying, oh, we don't use any backing tracks. We don't, and Kiss has been up, no, we don't use backing tracks. Look, guys, we all know. Like, we know it's happening. Um, you know, and it is it is it is what it is. It's it's going to happen and it's, it's going to get used. But hopefully we don't see that type of thing happen on this tour because I don't think it'll go well, especially with the, the crew fans, especially who are already wavering on whether or not they – Want to go and the amount of money they've paid. So um, let's let's really hope that they can pull this off and and not have any issues.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think nothing will be worse for either band or any band on this bill than to have them trending on social media for the yeah. wrong reasons
2: well and even if crew right even if crew has a bad show and vince neal something happened you know all of these bands are going to get some sort of blowback because they're part of the tour like you said mm-hmm. right like they're all going to have some some degree of like well you know there's already people amongst some of the def leppard fans and other people out there saying like why why is def leppard doing this with motley crew why would they agree to this you know why Knowing the issues with Motley Crue, all of which we've discussed, why is Def Leppard partnering up on this massive tour to potentially have some blowback if something does go like what? Were, what would happen, for example, if at some point along this tour, Motley Crue pulled pulled out? Yeah. Like right? Yeah. I don't know. Does it carry on just with the bands that are there? Is there, there a, post-
1: backup to, a backup to pull band? Backup band. You know. I know.
2: But. I think it's something that a lot of people have thought about and you know, whether or not anyone in the other bands camps have thought about that, I don't know, but you know, knowing the hit and again, knowing Nikki six, I don't think that would happen, but who knows? Like what if something, what if something physically innate or physically stopped Vince Neil from being able to perform as an example, and they couldn't do the rest of the tour. That's going to cause some serious.
1: Uh... Well, I think if that happens with crew, if crew pulls out, I don't see them recovering from that. No, because because I think along the lines of what I said before, there's a lot riding on with Nikki Six with his yeah. Broadway musical or Broadway play that he wants to do on the Heroin Diaries. There's Mick Mars' soul album. I also think they want to be a regular summer touring act. You know, if they go out and do the stadium tour in the UK and Europe, you know what will that be like—a month, month and a half? There'll still be opportunities for them to tour the states every other year, every year. Do a you know however many dates they do. If they pull out of this, and there's social media footage or camera phone footage of oh disaster, disaster. They're not gonna. That, that's going to be so difficult for them to do to just right. get back out there. I mean, you know, Kiss is kind of. They're 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 kind of you know the the engine's about to blow and the wheels are about to fall off the car as it's heading down that final stretch. The car's <laughs> shaking and it's just barely going to make it to the finish line, you know, because of all the issues that they've had with COVID and then of course with the the lip syncing talk and conversations that are out there. Um, and also, too, I think they got a painter opening up for them, which I think... Yeah, is just, which which was not yeah. good. I, no. really, I saw it. It was not good. Was, yeah. I, I don't know what they're thinking, but... So I just think there's a lot... Motley Crue has much more to lose on this than Def Leppard does, and I hope I 100%. hope they have all their ducks in them, because I don't want to see a great legacy band like Motley Crue go down in flames like that.
2: No, neither do I. It's interesting, though, that you brought that up about you know, them potentially wanting to carry on past this, because I hadn't thought about that, you know, whether or not they were like, I just was kind of under the assumption that, yeah, this tour was going to happen. And, you know, again, they do their thing and go their separate ways, but that's very interesting that you, you say that, you know, they could use this as kind of the springboard to continuing forward every year in doing a summer type, you know, summer amphitheater tour around North America, which I think they certainly could do. Absolutely. There'd be an audience for it if things go well on this tour, but I hadn't actually thought about that happening. So that's interesting. I guess, I guess you have to look at it from a standpoint too, like as long as there's money to be made. Right. Um, And I guess that's the reason why we've seen so many of these bands, the kisses of the world, Ozzy to a degree with, you know, announcing all these reunion tours year after year after year, obviously there's a big money factor that comes into play. And the way things are going with uh, you know, some of these bands at the Twilight, like we said, <laughs> any bit of extra, you know, revenue they can bring in and tack on a few more summer tours. I don't see new music coming from them. So they kind of go out there as a, you know, playing their hits, um, whereas Def leppard has got this new one coming out. But I don't know if we'll ever see another new Def Leopard album beyond this. Joe says yes, that they're by no means done. But um, it'll be interesting to see if Motley Crue Keep some sort of a, a presence out there post stadium tour.
1: Yeah, why not? I mean, when you look at the landscape, right? The bands that you know normally have toured. I mean, Rush is no longer around. Um, the Rolling Stones are getting older. Who knows what's going to happen with the Foo Fighters? Uh, Metallica, how much? How long do they have? there's an appetite for big stadium tours every year yeah, or big tours, big, big classic rock tours. And whether we like it or not, Def Leppard and Motley Crue are now considered classic rock. So weird. (laughs) So I I think there will be an appetite because as, as we've stated, as I've stated several times that there is a big separation between the legacy acts touring right now and where rock is with the new bands Yes. Like, there's all these bands at the top, you know, these legacy artists that have been around since the 70s and 80s and some in the 90s with, like, Pearl Jam. And then there's nothing after that. And Foo Fighters was kind of that bridge yes, sure. to yeah, yeah. to what was and what is. Who knows what's going to happen with them? I, you know, that's kind of up in the air. But uh, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, those are the bands that are really going to capitalize on this. You know, because of the, there's not going to be a lot of, you know, Iron Maidens in their 70s. Metallica is a very physical show, as we talked about with the physicality of of playing on stage. So, yeah, what I mean, Ozzy, I mean, there's talk about Ozzy doing a tour. I don't know how you can put him out there.
2: How? I, I I hope not. I hope not yeah. for the sake of. I know Sharon drives a lot of what happens with him, and she calls the shots. With you know, Ozzy, are going out there again? I mean, how much money do, do they need at this point? Right? right, I agree, and I I don't want to ever see any of these bands get to the point like where we're at that where as a fan you're going, I it's kind of like I don't want to see my my favorite band right up there in that condition where Ozzy's especially had the issues, but you even got like um like you know White Snake's doing a farewell lap and you know david coverdale's brought in another singer because he's another one that struggled a bit with some of the. but you know i think he's decided that's it i'm going out right now and i'm calling it and this will be the last round that we do so i hope that is the kind of guiding factor that these guys kind of hopefully know when to call it quits and not mm-hmm. hang on too long because we have seen some bands hang on too long for sure um and I, I hope that that isn't the case with these guys. Like, you know, David Lee Roth thing comes to mind, right? With, you know, he was another one that was getting to that point of like, do we, you know, should he have called it quits? And then he did, but he was potentially going to be on the stadium tour. Um, he was, he was offered from what Motley, I guess it was Motley says, Yeah, I Yeah, you're right. I remember hearing He that. was offered to be on this tour and he said, no, I don't tour with, bands that I've influenced or something like that so you know only as Dave could say right in Dave's little world but he turned it down according to the camp of you know the crew who was organizing this but uh you know that would have been an interesting (laughs) addition to this lineup for sure whether or not I would have I, I was I'm at the point right now with these bands like we've talked about where I'm excited for this because I think everybody generally, as we talked about is in their prime, not in their prime, but at the top of their game crew could be at the top of their game. There's question marks. So I think the timing's right for a tour like this with these acts on this bill. Um, So I want to get out and see as much of it as I can. And that's why I'm psyched about it. Right.
1: What are you looking forward to? Like what, what do you need from this tour?
2: Well, I, I mean, first of all, So I'm seeing two two shows, one with crew headlining, one with Def Leppard headlining. So I'm excited about seeing kind of if there's any variation in set lists between the two bands with whether they're headlining or whether they're the the co-closer those nights. But I really need, I think, to I need to be taken back to this is just me being, you know, me, me, me and all the attention I wanted on me. And this is what I want. I want to be taken back to, again, a nostalgia thing where I am at a show, a big stadium show. I'm having a great time. I'm having a couple of drinks. I'm 23 years old again. I want to be kind of transported back to that time with people around me that are of, you know, similar age and some younger people, obviously, but who are fans of these bands who are there to experience, you know... A little bit of what was our heyday, but also, you know, wanting to, you know, see these guys. I don't want to say see them out or see them off and ride into the sunset, but I want to see them do well. So I'm I'm expecting all of them to perform well. I want to get out of each of them the best possible show they can they can do, and I'm really excited actually to see how Def Leppard, especially interwork some of the new material because i know they will um into their set list they you know with a on a a bill with this many acts and when they're co-headlining they're going to play the hits right like you can't have a stadium show like this and not play the hits so you're not going to get deep cuts from any of these guys they're going to be pretty concise greatest hits from every band And we're not going to get mirror mirror and stage fright. (laughs) No, sorry, Jay. You're not going to get anything from, you're not going to get a thing from on through the night. You're not going to get a thing from high and dry. You're going to get photograph. You're going to get pyromania. You're going to get hysteria. You'll get, let's get rocked. They'll sprinkle in a couple newbies. They always do a cover, the cover song rock on. Right. Anyways, I'm really looking forward to see on the nights, probably that they close where their set list might be a bit longer. I'm expecting like a 90 minute, probably set list. I'm thinking they kick off the show with one of the new songs. Um, so I'm excited to see how that fits in. And I haven't seen Poison since, oh, geez, I'm going to say 1993 when they did the Native Tongue Tour. So I'm actually excited to see them because I I have been a fan of Poison over the years. And uh, I haven't really kind of up until recently delved back into their catalog but because of this tour, I actually have. So I'm like, oh, that was a great song. Oh, that was a great song. So I'm kind of excited to see what Poison pulls out. And the other thing that I really am excited about this tour for is to see, class- I'm hoping Classless Act is on the one of the Toronto or the New York bills. I'm not sure because I think there's even another band. I can't remember the name of them. I think there's another kind of younger band that is on some of these dates, um, but Everything I've seen from Classless Act so far, they kind of fit right in my wheelhouse, and right in with the bands on this bill. So I'm curious to see what they have to uh, to throw at us for probably a 20 minute set, 25 minute set. I'm guessing. Um, I don't know if you've if you've seen them. Are you you're going to a show of theirs? i right? going to
1: see them next yeah. Saturday. So I'll be curious
2: to see yeah. what you think and kind of what their their live show is like. From what I've heard, who people have
1: have seen it, high energy. Derek Day, who's the front man, is oh, he's great, a great, great personality, great, great front voice. man, great singer. Um, with that tour, you've got Nick Reese also too as Julius Wolf, and you got Dorothy Martin, you know from Dorothy. So you really got three great young front men, front woman too as well. Uh, performing on this tour. So I'm interested to see how classes act is when I see them. That's a band that I'm rooting for. Uh, they've been around in LA for a long time. They've gone through a lot of changes slash yeah. son was originally the drummer of the band uh, when they first started out in uh, Southern California. So they've gone through some changes. So I'm interested to see them live and hear the album. And I hope people get there early enough to see them too.
2: Yeah. I, well, you know they're they're one that uh, when it was announced I wasn't sure who that were the who the who are these guys that originally were- it was Tuck Smith oh okay okay
1: Tuck Smith who used to be in Biters, and has got his album coming out was the original opening act I don't know what happened with that but uh, it's now a classless act um, doing uh, doing the opening and you know Joan Jett obviously um, you know she has her career and legacy too as well Poison will be you know, you know poison's kind of like bon jovi everybody likes to rag on poison but everyone's got a poison record in their collection oh 100 so, percent.
2: and i guarantee you i i've told so i have a buddy that's going with me to the new york show and uh he's never seen poison he was like ah, i don't really you know he was kind of like ah do we need to that's a good time to go out to the bar and the stadium and you know get a few i was like no you know what you're gonna enjoy it they are they are a, they're that good time party band right and that is brett michael's persona he wants you to have a great time. He wants to party, and like you said, everybody's got a poison record, or everybody knows "Talk Dirty to Me," right? Like it's it's that song that comes on the radio, and I guarantee you, you're humming it or you're singing along in your car. So I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna, you know, perform well on this tour, and they'll 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 do a good job um, fitting in and where they're you know they're third in the set list. So I think I think it's perfect for them. Um, but they, they continue to play pretty much every summer anyways, um, you know, and they've done, they're kind of a greatest hits band. They haven't had anything new in ages and ages. So Mm -hmm. that's, I don't have, you know, any expectations of new material from them, but the expectation for me is that this, this show, I think needs to be just for the sheer fact of what we've all gone through the last two years, I'm expecting it to be a, ton of fun and i am expecting a huge amount of positivity and just a great vibe at these shows because i think we all need it and i think people are so pent up especially here in canada That like i talk to people who are like this is on their calendar this is like the event of the summer like this is it like when this was announced they were coming to toronto edmonton and vancouver oh my god Like people have just been over the moon and, you know, I can't wait. This is going to be the best, the best show ever. So for that sheer amount of enthusiasm and, you know, again, just like you you said earlier, like the music brings us joy, right. And it's positive and it gets us out of dark places. I think that this tour has the potential to be like the feel good event and concert tour of the summer. So let's hope everything goes well. And, uh, That actually happens.
1: (laughs) I think so. I I think, you know, we can speculate about what can happen and what will go wrong. I think they're prepared for a lot of stuff. You know, I think they are, you know, hopefully prepared. Um, I, I do hope this does rejuvenate the fan bases of each of these bands. I hope it rejuvenates the bands themselves, you know, because when you haven't played live for two years and there's a lot of cobwebs and there's a lot of dust that you kind of got to get rid of. So I hope it's, you know, it's a, it's a resurgence in popularity with this type of music, this style of music, this decade of music. It's a celebration of that time, especially with poison on the bill and in the other two, the other two acts. Um, for those young kids who have made the dirt their version of fast times of Ridgemont high,
2: <laughs> yes. this
1: is their moment. This is what they yeah. want to see. So I think, um, I hope it goes positive. I think both bands have a lot riding on it. I think fans aren't been anticipated for two years. Um, let's hope it goes well. Let's hope it does, you know, does, does it go well. Let's hope Vince, like I said, shuts up the doubters. I hope he does. I really do too. Yeah.
2: It's it's uh and that would be kind of the if there was one thing that you know came out of the whole you know beyond the fact that it's an awesome show but if one thing comes out of it and it's that that Vince Neil comes out there and like silences the constant that I see on every social media platform the bashing like the memes and the ridiculous gifts and all of this stuff like that's part of the you know I love social media because you know it connects us altogether music lovers like we have but that's the the biggest negative and the the downside of social media is the the people who you know what you probably you know look like that yourself or you're you know you're in the in worse shape than that and you're you're making fun of a guy who's at least getting out there and and trying to i I always picture those people with jorts on (laughs) uh
1: a t-shirt that doesn't go over their belly and uh white gym shoes from walmart
2: there you go yeah you know, exactly.
1: that's who's writing those memes but well hey man we'll report uh, report back after you see them and uh it was great having you on again
2: yeah it was great to be back on uh hopefully we can do this again soon i always enjoy being on your show it's uh it's always great getting together to talk music and uh talk about the things we love and all the bands that connect us so i appreciate you having me back and uh I will definitely report back. I've got June 23rd is New York and August 8th is Toronto for the stadium shows. So I'll, uh, I'll do my best to take notes and and report back once they're all said and done.
1: Chris, it's been a blast. I I do. Uh, thank you for coming back on. Missed you. Glad to, (laughs) glad to have you back on the show.
2: Good to reconnect. Thanks Jay. Appreciate it. All right, everyone
1: take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy spring. God, it's 70 degrees here in Chicago today. It's like the nicest day we've had in a long time. Sunny, no rain, nice little breeze. Let's keep it going. Be positive out there and uh, have patience with each other. Take care.